You're listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about your faith and your life, theology, finances, relationship, adulting, and today, mental health. We are unpacking a brand new mini series this month yep. on mental health. We have some great guests who will be joining us in future episodes like Dr. John Deloney, like uh, Dr. Sammy Kim, like Aliza Silky, and so many others. Mm-hmm. My name is Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. And happy Friday, everybody. If you are tuning in for the first time, we just want you to know that we are here every single Friday answering one of your questions. We are, our hope and our prayer is that you end your week strong and begin your weekend even stronger. And speaking of life, Ooh. what happened in Minnesota last night? Oh, you guys, we got our first snowfall. And, it, and there's a rule. When we got married, I said, Josiah, can we make up a rule in the house? On the very first snowfall of the year, I can put up the Christmas tree. So technically, it's October 31st today on the, on the recording of this. Halloween. The tree could be up by bedtime. Hey, there you have it. I'm just and saying. We'd love happen. to hear in the comments, especially on YouTube or wherever you're streaming. Let us know. Is October 31st or even early November... We're talking pre-Thanksgiving. Is it too soon to decorate for Christmas pre-Thanksgiving? Yes or no. And while you're at it, like this, share it, and subscribe, especially as you share this with other young adults, maybe who are on a mental health journey of their Mm -hmm. own. They need some hope, some healing, some help, some health, some encouragement. We are your hosts. This is the FYI podcast. And today... Man, Trinity sent in what I think is an amazing question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something we've actually never been asked before. So this will be really um, fun to kind of lean into because I think maybe a lot of you can relate. And her question is, how do you interact with a parent who has mental issues and problems of their own? Mental health issues. Mental health issues. Yes. Sorry about that. Mental health issues, which I think is a great question because it's not only plaguing young adults in our day and age, or maybe you as a listener, it has it, it's been around for years and for generations. And it's not a one generation problem or issue or dilemma or something that people want to experience freedom from. It's been around forever. Yeah. And so for her to come with this question, I think um, Trinity one, I think it's a very mature question to even ask and be you know, spatially aware or family aware that, whoa, there's some people in my family that I would just like some insight of how to lovingly approach them and be there for them or navigating those relationships and conversations. So, and man, I think it's timely. Like we said in, in fun upfront that it snowed yesterday here in Minnesota, but mm-hmm. the, the timely part of this question is actually just came approaching Thanksgiving, approaching Christmas break and J term and approaching the holidays. And this is going to be a really mm-hmm. real, um, challenge that many of our listeners face is interacting with family as Christ followers, as young adults, and and discovering what does that look like with the holidays, especially on the corner. And you get us today, I'm wearing a jacket um, because of the snowfall. We're both wearing hats. That doesn't happen often, (laughs) but what you see is what you get today, folks. And I think a great place to start Mm-hmm. is the way um, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 talks about honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may live a life long on the earth. And what I love is it's almost mm-hmm. as if Paul, through the letter of the book of Ephesians, mm-hmm. 
is giving a little bit of sermon commentary on the book of Exodus, where it's quoting, he's quoting the fifth commandment, Mm -hmm. honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you. And his commentary on it, as he quotes the fifth commandment of the 10 commandments, which is honor your father and mother, his commentary, he, it's like, he points out, this is a first commandment with a promise. That's good. Yeah. And I think Paul's commentary, I mean, he was an expert in the Torah and the law, but he had that moment on the Damascus Mm -hmm. road where he came face to face with the creator of the universe who created him and longed for a relationship with him and said, Saul, why do you persecute me? Mm -hmm. It was Jesus. Right. And that face to face encounter, um, changed everything. It changed the trajectory as with us. Right. When Christ is at the center of our lives, mm-hmm. it changes everything. It changes our interactions with our friends, our families, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our schools. And so I think the first question that I ask almost as a follow-up mm-hmm. is, are, are your parents following Christ? Or is the parent who's having mental health challenges, are they submitted to the authority and lordship of Jesus? Right. Because it's almost like, those boxes or diagrams where if they are, then here's your course of action. If they aren't, here's your course of action. If that makes any sense at Mm -hmm. all. Definitely. Yeah. And I think just even to recognize um, how you interact with your parents once you're an adult, even. So even Trinity, like you're realizing, like maybe you're out of the house, maybe you are in college, maybe like you are coming home for a month or like you're home for J term coming up within the next couple of weeks and really just realizing like, wow, I think so many young adults I've come across like, wow, I have to gear up and I got to put my face on. I got to be ready for anything and all things that might come at me, mm-hmm. you know? And if they are a Christ follower, like you said, like they're submitting to the Lordship, there's healing, there's restoration, there's breakthrough um, that can, that can happen. And if they're not following Christ, uh, we need to ask ourselves a different series of questions and events. And the reason I, I pointed that out and that we're unpacking that part that's Mm -hmm. so major is Romans really gives us a course of action. One of Paul's other letters. And he's saying, you know, he's really talking about all authority has been placed there by God. So that's why we honor authority. When you honor your parents, when you honor authority, Mm -hmm. they are placed there by God. When you honor your boss at work, when you honor your professor in the classroom, you're honoring them because you're honoring God by honoring the authority that's placed there under him. Right. He, Paul does give us a course of action. If they, any authority, a parent, a pastor, a boss, a boss, if, if, if the government, yep. if you are asked to do something that violates your faith in Jesus, mm-hmm. if you're asked to sin, if, if that's the type of authority, then there's a course of action, which is to not honor, but it's, it's to go be, with God, be, be obedient to the Lord. Right. Right. So even Trinity and the audience who may, you know, bode well with this question is I would also ask, are you under, are you under their roof? Are you living with them? Because mm. the honor is going to look different, whether you're under their roof, even if you're 19, 20, 21 years old, there's obviously some rules. There's some levels of respect. There's some guidelines. There's some hopefully parental guidance where that you are honoring the fact that you're more or less probably living there for free or for a short um, rent charge each and every single month. And whether that's 
just honoring and respecting their space, their time, their schedules, their calendars, um, their requests of you to pick up after yourself, maybe do your laundry, maybe be mindful of your coming and your going, be mindful of who you're bringing into the house or what that looks like with friend groups. So just keeping in mind that most people's homes are a form, not all, but our, our prayer is that every single home or wherever you live, that you do feel safe. You do feel seen and you do feel like it is a sanctuary where you have the freedom to love, worship the Lord and to read the word of God and to love the people that you're living with and love your family in that process. So just that was just a question that we would just ask the audience, like, are you living under their roof, which kind of puts you under their authority in some way? And you may be like, well, I'm 25 years old, live with my mom and dad. It's just for a season. Okay, well, that's great, but there's still a level of respect because you're kind of on their turf, even if you grew up in that home, right? And you might not realize that or recognize that or even think that that's a thing until you get older and you start, you know, developing your own habits in your own homes and your own morals and guidelines of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, even in the proximity of space or sharing of space. We see it a lot of times to Micah's point of asking the question, are you under the roof? Mm-hmm. Are you living with them? Because sometimes the healthiest thing for a relationship is when people are in proximity multiplied by intensity because of the amount of time that mm-hmm. you're together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the healthiest thing for everyone is when a young adult moves out, mm-hmm. whether it's moving off to college, whether it's moving in with some roommates, whether it's getting your own apartment or condo or townhouse or house. Um, and of course that's brings up a whole host of financial stability questions and job and right. income and all of those things. But sometimes I've seen it where family were so similar and we know each other's buttons to push and mm-hmm. we know, you know, they know what, what buttons to push of yours. And, right. and it's a lot more than just the parent child relationship. There's other right. dynamics. Right. And sometimes the healthiest thing in a relationship is the relationship starts going great once you live in different place, live independently. And- well, I think it creates space for any and all people, just physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally. Yeah. Just put that into proximity of just like, wow, space can be one of the best things. And with space usually comes boundaries, right? So boundaries are important to have into place. Um, I know that I have some friends who are now married, whose parents do wrestle with this exact same thing. And my friends are 29, 30 years old, and they're having to tell their mom or dad, and they're saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, I will not be in contact with you on these on these specific topics, because this is unhealthy, not only for you and your mental state, but this becomes impactful on my mental state. So I've had female friends who've had to put up, you know, guardrails for their parents and for the sanctity of their relationship of mother and daughter and father and daughter, just to um, be healthy on all fronts. And I want to even say, if your parent is a Christ follower, or maybe they, if they are not, I would even ask them, Parent, have you considered seeking any form of help um, that could, you know, pinpoint exactly what's going on? Is it depression? Is it anxiety? Is it bipolar disorder? Is it schizophrenia? Is it a chemical imbalance? Is it delayed stress that has caused itself to infiltrate, you know, and pent up all these other different things. So even just saying like, Hey, I love you so much. And I love you too much for, to see you go down this road. Um, 
would you ever consider for this, for the, for the, I don't know, for the safety of you and our family, would you ever consider going into some form of counseling to kind of pinpoint or see somebody and talk about things that maybe you can't talk about with me and you shouldn't be talking about with me? Those are boundaries, but also setting up some resolve of saying, Hey parent, I love you too much. And for maybe some of you, you're like, if I ever asked my parent, it would set them off and they would just go through the roof. And I just don't even know what would happen. If that is the case, I would begin to pray for those parents, believer or non-believer, if you're a believer listening, I would encourage you to start praying for your parents that they would experience some form of breakthrough and seek mm -hmm. help and counsel yeah. on their own. Because guess what, you guys? Um, I want to be careful when I say this, but I want to know we all have a different form of rock bottom. We all have a different breaking point. Some of it might be just one comment and people are like, yep, I need to see help. It's, it's evident. And other people may find themselves you know, on a way deeper scale where they're like, whoa, how did I get here? Personal inventory. We got to check the dials on my life because we're spinning out of control. So even just approaching them, not saying you need counseling or you need help. It's more like, I love you too much to see you stay where you're at. Have you ever considered fill in the blank? If yeah. you feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to take you there, but it's so good. And we, you know, on the other side of our ministry, a lot of times parents will ask us questions about how to relate and interact with their young adult child. Right. And the goal on both sides is mm -hmm. a flourishing friendship that lasts a lifetime. For sure. And I'm, I'm talking, especially this, will, this will, that sentence will make a little more sense after this, but Sandra Stanley um, in a book on parenting, and, and I, you might be like, what? I'm the child. Go with me here. There's there's four stages of parenting that you were raised under, with whether you realize it or not. And zero to five is the discipline stage. Mm -hmm. Five to twelve is the training stage. Twelve to eighteen is the coaching stage, mm -hmm. and friendship begins at that eighteen plus stage. Right. And sadly, many um, there, there's many estranged relationships. Um, for a variety of reasons. And so sometimes that friendship stage never happens. Right. Um, but that is the goal. And, and parents have to consciously adjust their approach as kids transition from one stage to the next. Mm -hmm. You don't explain to a two-year-old the same way you do to a 16-year-old. There's more logic, there's more mm -hmm. reasoning, and there's less discipline. Usually there's more coaching and, and training mm -hmm. and independence being the goal. And the training, the coaching is more or less the parent probing questions, realizing that there are consequences for our actions. You have two choices, X and Y. Um, this could do, lead you to here. What sport? It's like, what sport do you want to play? Do you want to play this one or do you want to play this one? Because they overlap with each other. You can't do both. So coaching and training is, is probing the questions as a parent, coming alongside them and kind of helping them navigate more or less, right? For sure. It's at a certain age, even in the training stage, you're like, we have $15 in our ice cream budget this week. So do you want to go to Dairy Queen once <laughs> or do you want to get a gallon of ice cream with all the toppings with all the toppings <laughs> and we can have it three times this week as a family you know yeah so it's it's teaching those types of I mean that's coaching that's training mm -hmm. um problem solving exactly yeah. and and so along the lines of I think of it as <clears throat> honor 
going back to the verse of the day, I think Mm -hmm. honor is a form of submitting to the Lordship of Jesus. It's also embracing the discipline as a child. It's embracing the training as a child. It's embracing the coaching Mm -hmm. as a child. And then, you know, the goal would be to embrace the friendship. And I think I just want everyone to be sensitive and Mm -hmm. mindful of this as a listener, that a parent never stops being a parent. And here's what I mean. It's really challenging for a parent to stop with the instruction when they're, they've used, they've been used to making your decisions alongside of you for Mm -hmm. 18 years. And then sometimes a love language could be like, I, I know my dad for a quick example, my dad demonstrates his love and care for me as his 32 year old son Mm -hmm. in asking how the tires, how's the battery, how's the oil level in our cars. Did you seed your lawn? Did you, did you aerate? (laughs) And, and that's a form of like, he, he loves by serving. Mm -hmm. He loves by, um, you know, protecting, providing safety. safety. Mm -hmm. It, It is his communicating, of love. And Mm -hmm. and it's oftentimes, I think, really challenging for a parent to like, let go of that. And so that's where honor and embracing the relationship on that side. And, and with the the caveat that sometimes too, what we see is inverted parenting. Right. Well, how would you explain inverted parenting? Well, inverted parenting is just that it is when the young adult or the youth becomes like a parental role to the parent. Like they're the ones coming alongside. They become. Did you take a, your medication? Did Did you get to the yes. point? And sometimes it's yes. almost like a caregiver. Yep, a caregiver mentality. Yeah. yeah. Um. Or there's the inverted parenting when the parent will come to you with their problems, and you start doing the training, you start doing the coaching, you start doing the problem solving. And there may be a time or place for that, but that's after you've reached the friendship level, and they may be well into their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and might need that. But when you're 18 and your parents are 40, and you become the problem solver and you become the primary giver of wisdom, knowledge, and truth in that process, that is some form of, you know, inverted parenting in the spiritual side, but then also in the physical side, like you said, like, have you taken your medications? Do you need, did you get your groceries and and all those types of things? So, well, and, and I think that the, the real question here lies on like, are we called to be the caregiver? Like, or are we empowering and and enabling unhealthy habits and patterns and reinforcing it right if that makes sense because look i mean you might have one child who's like caring for their parent through a crisis or through mm-hmm. a mental health diagnosis or challenge and they're they're going to step in as a right a, maybe a primary or part of the caregiving team yeah but then there's other places where it's you know what your presence this Thanksgiving or your um, just going along with certain things, your lack of boundaries Mm -hmm. is actually an empowerment and enabling unhealthy patterns and cycles. Right. In them. In in them. And so with the goal being flourishing friendship that lasts a lifetime between parent and child, I would just ask you as the listener, what are the needed and what are the necessary healthy boundaries that are that are needed, that are necessary, that are healthy mm-hmm. boundaries to establish that healthy relationship dynamic? That's really good. 
And I would just encourage you, if you feel like you have an unhealthy relationship with whatever parent is struggling with this, the, I, I would say the worst thing I could do in that situation is know how to press their buttons, add fire to the flame or add fuel to the fire and get them all in a tizzy or all worked up about anything and everything like that doesn't help anybody. Like when you start pressing those buttons, but when you start coming at them with love, because I would say like, there's a saying like love conquers all fear, right? Mm. Love conquers all fear. And I think when we can love our parents where they're at, even if they aren't in the healthiest state or the version of themselves, we have two choices. We can either ignore or we can come alongside and say, I love you too much to see this continue. Is there anything I can do to help? Meaning that I'm not the answer, but I will be here to pray for you. I'll be here to love you. I'll be here, you know, as, as a friend, um, if you've reached that stage. And I think during this holiday season, I think there's lots of tensions. There's lots of pressures. There's lots of performance that takes place around the family table or saving face, or maybe things are just brought up and thrown in your face in that process. But just being mindful that we are all broken human beings um, in need of a savior. We're all a bunch of beggars looking for bread and we can point our family this holiday season um, or not the holiday season. Every day we can point them to Jesus Christ and his love. So and, and, and with that, I just want to tell somebody listening or watching on YouTube that saying no actually in my life has taken more faith than saying yes. That's good. I think that so often it feels impossible to say no, especially to a family member, especially when there's love involved and they've done everything for you. They've been at everything and they've mm -hmm. provided for you your entire mm -hmm. life. But this is where we're called to honor God. And if they are asking you to enable them in unhealthy patterns of behavior, right. you don't need to give in to just always say yes. Sometimes no is the healthiest answer when it violates the authority of God, when it violates just what healthy, necessary, needed boundaries are going to be to help the relationship flourish for mm -hmm. a lifetime. And in that, what I mean by Sometimes saying no takes more faith than saying yes. Sometimes it's not in, in a mental health capacity or in a relationship capacity, mm -hmm. but it takes like, say we get an opportunity mm -hmm. with speaking or with travel or for our ministry, it takes me more faith to say no than yes. To say yes is okay. I prepare boom, boom, boom. But I wonder how many times I say yes out of a fear of a scarcity mindset, like mm. that opportunity won't come again. Or if I say no to this, other opportunities might not come when if God said no, or I just sense that, you know what, this is going to be gone too much, or this is unhealthy for flourishing in our family. Right. Those are the, that's what I mean by saying no, it takes more faith than saying yes, sometimes, not always, not one size fits all. And this episode isn't a prescription right. either. And it's not a diagnosis, but we're just trying to help you thrive in your life, mm -hmm. in your faith, in your family, within regards to relationships and interactions that sometimes can be so painful and so confusing to just remind you that there's hope, mm -hmm. that there is health. And that there is help, but we need to be willing to accept help mm -hmm. and we need to be willing to embrace healthy boundaries. That's so good. 
Well, we're saying happy holidays, everybody. We hope that you're doing well. We're praying for you and you're listening to the FYI podcast. P.S. P.S. Next Tune week. in next week. Our special guest from Ramsey Solutions, Dr. John Deloney. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. next week about how to become a non-anxious presence and how to build a non-anxious life right here on the FYI podcast.